good and all the time. Amen. You may be seated. All the time he is good. I forgot my part, didn't I? I'm sorry about that. We're so glad to have everyone here today. I, uh, Before I turn the uh, welcome part of our service over to Brother Harold, our associate, I uh, want to say two or three things. First of all, a lady that I have known, I was probably a, a, a little bit past teenage years when I first met Brother and Sister Nagel. Uh, we were in Pennsylvania, and um, um, I was past teenage years, that wasn't, it hadn't been that long, but it's been a long time. But here two or three weeks ago, she had a terrible accident going out to see somebody. No, to get the mail. And uh, Brother George had rigged the ditch up with water and had it all wet around there. And bless her heart, she went out there and had a terrible accident. But here she is in church today. And I want to welcome Sister Beverly Nagel to her church. That We're glad uh, for you that you're able to be here, and we thank the Lord for you. Also, over here is a little girl that I met when her old daddy married young Vicky, And I know her last name would have been Dicion at one time. We're glad to have her with us today. Uh, I've been hearing so many bad things about Joe. She probably came to help Vicky out, and we're just so glad to have uh, have you with us today. And we're glad to have Brother and Sister Lawrence, Alita Fisher, with us, as they have been uh, under the weather and the table and everything else. And we're glad to have them with us today. We're just glad to have everyone, of course, with us. Go ahead and give us all a good cheer. That would be all right. And if if you want to tell me privately, you know, whisper it in one of my ears after the hearing aids are out, that, Pastor, we would rather that you wear the collar, the white shirt, the tie, the suit coat and everything during these hot, sticky days. Um, <laughs> Pray about it and then tell me if you want to. Uh, call me collect on my cell phone. That'll work. Uh, but I, I just decided today, I've seen so many of the young pastors that uh, are pastors. <laughs> Most of them are, you know, you got to go back a few years for anybody to be younger than me anymore. And uh, there's a couple of you that's not. But uh, I, I feel, I've got to the place that I feel comfortable this way. My wife has bought so many clothes like this. Somebody's got to wear them. I assume she meant for me. <laughs> and you, I'll dress for your wedding, though. I really will. And you, um, uh, let me know if it's really offensive to you because 
after over 60 years, I really do try to praise the Lord and not to offend anyone as I've traveled in this ministry road for a, a good many years. Brother Harold, I, I've just been killing time now for you to get up here. Uh, come on, give him a... As he streaks up here, we're glad to have our pastor, assistant pastor. All right, that's quite a welcome. I've got to let you know something. I didn't think the chiropractor could improve my posture, but I went there this week, and I stand corrected. There you go. You can thank Joe again at the end of service if you'd like. It's another one of them jokes. We're going to make a few uh, announcements, and then we're going to have our young people come up who went to youth camp. So you guys start thinking. You're going to get asked some questions on what to say. So start thinking about it. Um, but just a few coming events coming up. We do have a, a business meeting today following service. So it'll be um, 10, 15 minutes after church. So if you, if you want to stay for that, you're more than welcome to. Also Wednesday night, um, we'll be in the, continuing the Bible study of the life of Jesus, uh, the Jesus follower. So that'll be Wednesday night at 7 p.m. So be here for that. And then uh, don't forget about Ladies Retreat coming up October 1st through 3rd. There's applications in the back of the church, and I think some still downstairs. You do need to get your room um, separate, so you have to do that by September 1st, I believe, to be uh, in the block that's held up for the, uh, to actually have some rooms. So you may want to call, because Branson is a very busy place right now. Um, it's open, and it's, it's happening from everything you hear, so it's kind of hard to get rooms down there in some places. So anyway, so check that out back there, and if you have any more questions, you can ask Lisa and she'll uh, tell you what she knows. And then you can come ask me, and I'll fix it. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Does anybody have any announcements? Anything they need to add? Oh, do remember, uh, we do have a uh, men's meeting coming up, too, in a couple weeks. So uh, the 17th. So remember men's meeting Saturday, 7th, this Saturday. Is that right, Everett? Is it this Saturday? Okay, this Saturday. Okay. This Saturday, 5 o'clock, he's saying. All right. I am too. I thought it was third Saturday, but that's all right. <laughs> no, Sunday was the first, so. <laughs> April, or, uh, April said July 17th, 5 o'clock. All right, was there anything else? No? All right. Well, young people, if you went to camp, then come on up here to the front. We're going to let you share share some of the good times that went on. I think there might be a video playing up here behind us um, on the board of some, some of their events that took place. All right. They're trickling up here. They're wore out. They just got back yesterday, so they're still catching up on sleep. All right. Excellent. All right, so we had these, this group here we had, and, and some that aren't here, and then we had a couple workers too. Jude and Jordan went down and uh, helped work as well, but 
but we're just going to pass the mic on down and let you guys share whatever you want to share about camp, all right? Some things that jumped out to you were fun. Everybody excited? Who wants to go first? Nobody? <laughs> Got a lot of volunteers? A lot of volunteers. It was fun. And I got hurt on the blob. I, I got bullied by Sierra. She, she stole my hat. Camp was fun. Uh, during camp, I spoke in tongues for the first time. All right. Okay, so now we're going to, don't go down yet. That was a little quick and short, so we're going to have to ask some questions, I think, and pry some, some of the details out of you. So, um, what, uh, what did you learn? What was one of the things taught in a class, a subject that you learned about? One of, like, the first things, I think it was, like, the second day. Speak up. Uh, uh, um, on, like, the like the second day, we learned about spiritual gifts. Um, yeah, that was one of the things. That I thought it was very interesting. Um, during one of the classes with Crystal, um, we learned about, oh, no, no, Scott. We learned about letting go of all the uh, negativity in our life. Anything else? You all want to add? No, no. All right, how about uh, some of the church services? Does something stick out to you on, on what was uh, preached about? Anyone? In, in uh, some of the church services, did something that the evangelist said that spoke out to you? Subject, topic, he's <laughs> catching up on your nap at that time. I'm thinking. Um, Jake and Amanda, um, they talked a lot about um, receiving and like giving back to like giving back to like the church and like as a body and stuff like that. So like receiving like our spiritual gifts from God. And using those to like um, work in the community and like work in church as like a body, something like that. Anyone else? How was the food? Food was all right. It's all right. You did? Uh oh. Not good biscuits? Dry biscuits. All right. Anything else you want to share? What, what would you say was the most fun? The lake day? Yeah, that's usually good. You have anything different? Nothing? All right. Well, let's give them a hand. You all can go. You're free. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to our campers. You can catch up on your sleep. Just here in about 30 minutes, Pastor will probably put you right out, right? So <laughs> you got to stay awake just a little while longer. You can hope and take a good nap today. Now we're glad they had a good time at camp and um, had uh, safe travels and had pretty good weather while they were down there. So it worked out well for them. Um, we're going to talk a little bit here just for a minute before we have prayer again on 
the subject of prayer. Um, we started this last week, so just take about five minutes here. Um, last week we talked about communication with God, just basically what prayer was, right? This, it, simply put, it was communicating with God. And it's not about getting um, our will in heaven, but it's about getting God's will here on earth. So we're not praying to God to line him up with our desires. Um, we're supposed to be praying to God and then we line up with what God wants and God's will. So today we're just going to touch quickly on when to pray and why should we pray. So when to pray, that's kind of probably an easy one. If you're thinking any time and all the time, well, you're, you're spot on. Um, it says in Ephesians 6 and 18 that uh, prayer, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we pray always with all prayer. Right? It doesn't matter how you pray. You can pray um, silently, out loud, standing, kneeling, sitting down, laying down, eyes closed, eyes open. Um, that's different for some. Some people, uh, um, when they see someone praying with their eyes open, they think that's kind of different or weird, especially in the kids. Sometimes you, you'll see them kind of looking around to see if everybody's got their eyes closed. So that's how they know somebody's praying. But you can pray with your eyes open. Um, um, so, so we can pray at all times, and I'm sure most of us have heard pray without ceasing. That's a verse in First uh, Thessalonians 5, I believe. Um, so it's commanded not only that we pray, but we're supposed to pray a lot. We're supposed to pray always. So the pray without ceasing, how, how do you do that? What does that actually mean? Um, do we go around with our eyes closed, walking around all day, um, driving? That'd be kind of dangerous, wouldn't it? That's not exactly what it means. All it does mean, simply put, is it's an attitude of God consciousness at all times. So just being aware of God, um, seeing everything in relation to God. That's what praying without ceasing is. Um, if we gave an example, let's say you're going through life, you see something good. You say, hey, isn't that great? That's one reaction. But a, a, a reaction of being... Um, more God conscious would be thank you Lord for that that is great thank you God you'd be seeing things in relation to God you don't just say isn't that a nice thing you say God you made that um, I thank you for that I see the beauty in that you're beginning to see things in relation to God and you converse with him about it you see something bad you don't just say that's something bad it's too bad that things around us are bad but you say no God that's something bad I would like to you I would like for you to make it good if you could father can you do something about this situation or that situation so you see the bad thing in relation to God you see the problem you say lord here's a problem deliver us from the problem solve the problem gain glory from this problem so in other words everything that's good bad indifferent whatever it is we begin to see it in the light of God how God wants to see it has to see it it becomes something for which we talk to God. That is praying without ceasing. It's not just mumbling some words at some point during the day um, or even having a specific time of day to do some praying. That's not what, what uh, praying without ceasing is. But it's seeing everything uh, in our lives in relation to God. Think of a friend that you have. Imagine your best friend is with you today, stays right by your side all day long. So the whole day they're right there with you today. You've had the whole day with your best friend. 
That person's never left your side for the entire day. And you talk to that person just as many times as you talk to Christ throughout your day. How much conversation did you have with your friend that was with you all day? In other words, if it's God, did you pray at all today? How would your friend feel if you spent the whole day with them, right by your side, but you never said a word to them? They're with you the whole day, but you never converse. Hopefully you would at least acknowledge their presence, that they were there. You would begin to see things throughout your day in the light of your friend, in the light of the presence of your friend, knowing they were there. So you might say, hey, isn't that terrific? Did you see that? Isn't that too bad? You know, we ought to do something about that. You begin to have the relating your day and your conversation to your friend. Everything you're doing is being done in the presence of your friend. Well, that's what it is to pray without ceasing, doing that with God, because he is there with us um, all day and at all times. So we need to relate everything to the presence of God, have that God-conscious attitude. So as the scripture said there, we should be praying always. And then why do we pray? Well, in uh, Luke 18 and 1, Jesus told us to. He said, men should always pray and not give up. And throughout the Bible, Jesus modeled um, why we should pray, when and how. Jesus did a lot of praying throughout the Bible. Um, He prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. On the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Um, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he fed the 5,000, he looked up towards heaven. Um, and asked a blessing on that, on the food. And at many different times, um, people came to Jesus. Mothers brought children to Jesus. He would pray for them. At times, he would lay hands on them. So if Jesus was doing all this praying, I'm sure that we need to be praying too. Prayer is also an an appointed way for us to obtain things. James 4 and 2, you have not because you ask not. We'll dive into that scripture a little bit deeper here in the upcoming weeks. But remember, we mentioned it last week. It's not a name it and claim it, but we need to be praying in God's will, lined up with God. Um, prayer is is also a way to help us overcome our fear, our anxiety, our worry. I think we can all agree life is full of trouble. Um, the Bible says, cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. Philippians 4 and 6, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything, and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So we turn our worries into prayer. So prayer is not an option. It is a necessity for each of us. Prayer, and we've mentioned this last week, prayer is as necessary for a Christian as breathing is for a human. It's very important. So if you would stand today, we're going to have another prayer directive today. Um, again, we're going to be praying for ourselves, as we did last week, which is one of the tougher things to do. But, but we're going to pray this morning, asking God to, to help us to pray always. Help us to have that God-conscious attitude in our lives, where we're seeing things um, as God wants us to see things. When we begin to see the things eternally instead of earthly, you know, when you begin to do that, all of a sudden... Things begin to line up. Maybe that job promotion doesn't matter as much to us. Popularity doesn't matter as much to us. Your financial situation doesn't matter as much. Making a club or a sports team if you're at school doesn't matter as much to us. 
when we're in constant communication, we see things as God wants us to see them. We don't have happiness because happiness is based only on the outcomes, on our circumstances, right? But we have that joy, and that joy is not based on our circumstances. We can have joy just walking and talking with God, no matter what comes our way and no matter what we go through. We're living a life of fullness that is in him. So this morning, that's what we're praying for, to see things um, with a God-conscious attitude and to be able just to pray always. Help us to do that. So each one of us, let's pray for ourselves this morning. God, we come to you, and we're praying at this time. God, Lord, praying for myself. Lord, help me to see and recognize you, God, throughout my day, Lord, and to have that God-conscious attitude all the time, Lord, where I'm allowing you to work and to move as you want to in my life, Lord. God, that I um, see the good things, see the bad things, Lord, and and, um, just talk to you about them, God, that you want to hear from us, Lord, God, you want to be um, our best friends, Lord, and and you want to uh, spend time with us each day, Lord, help me to recognize and see the importance of that, God, and to just recognize it and see when I'm not communicating with you and I'm just going through my day on my own, Lord, and God, help me to, to um, be able to feel in those times, God, that something's not right, Lord, or something's wrong, God, just to, to know what it is, God, and, and to have that desire to spend time with you, Lord, and to um, be in constant communication with you, God. I'm praying, Lord, for, 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 um, for these things, God, and just for that attitude, Lord, and um, I'm walking with you, walking with you daily, God, and at all times, Lord, not just in good times, not just in bad times, God, but, but at all times, Lord, not to forget you, God, when things are going well, Lord, thank you, God, in your name, God, amen. Amen. If we could have a, a couple of ushers come up, we'll receive the offering. Um, next week, we're going to begin, um, I think, diving into uh, kind of how to pray. We're going to see what we can learn from um, the Lord's Prayer, or as man has titled it. It wasn't titled that in the Bible, but, but um, Jesus prayed. Remember the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We're going to jump into that scripture line by line, and see what we can learn, if there's a way that we should be praying um, and what God taught us. So we'll, we'll begin that next week. Um, this morning is second Sunday offering. It's a mission offering. So everything given will go towards missions um, down in uh, Mexico, the orphanage in, uh, in Haiti. So um, now, as you know, Haiti's been in the news this week. Uh, they've had the assassin, assassination there. So we, we want to be remembering them in prayer as well as giving in these offerings. Um, but everything today will go towards that, unless you mark it on an envelope or on a check for something different, and then it'll go towards that. So let's pray. God, we come to you again thanking you, God, for this morning, Lord, thanking you for our opportunity to be here, be gathered in your name, God. And we just pray that you would bless this offering, Lord, towards its work, God, the, the missions, God, and the mission field. I just pray that you'd be um, with them down in Mexico, be with Brother Greg, go over to the orphanage there, God, that you continue to work through them and provide um, what they need, God, and to uh, help them just 
um, be led and directed by you to uh, reach these children, God, and help them to grow and teach them about you, Lord, and be with the work in Haiti, God, and the churches down there, Lord, and um, we just pray that you would uh, bless and minister through them, God, and, and that they will be the light there where they're at and just help provide what they need. We thank you and bless this offering in your name. Amen. services on Facebook, and I remember as a young person, as a teen, I remember a few years ago, when you'd come back from camp, you were so excited, but it was so hard to articulate and really say what happened and what you experienced down there, so I get it, Um, but I do know that when I was watching those services that the kids, they were seeking the Lord, our young people were seeking the Lord, they were worshiping the Lord, and what I want to be sure that they know is while I know it's easier there because that's what everyone your age is doing and that's the sole purpose you're there. But the same God and the same spirit that is at any youth camp, any ladies retreat, anything like that is the same God, the same spirit that is here. And we want to worship him in spirit and in truth because he is worthy. Amen? Let's worship the Lord.
to this wonderful congregation that is basking in the great presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God that is here. I welcome the Lord to do whatever he wants to do in and among us. Our online audience that is listening, watching, we wish you were here, but you're not, but we welcome you in the name of the Lord, and I pray that God's Spirit will direct every individual here this morning into his glorious avenue of walking in his spirit. That isn't a ghost story. That is the way the Bible outlines it, that we are to walk in his spirit. After remembering a story of one of my grandchildren many years ago, he's a grown man with family now, lives in Beloit, Wisconsin, has a little two-year-old boy by the name of Liam, and Liam is something special, but then aren't all two-year-old boys full of mischief special. His father, dad, was, is by the name of Josh, and when he was two to three years old, he was quite special himself. One of our great remembrances of him is when the entire Beloit, Wisconsin Police Department went on a search for him. They found him hiding under clothes in a closet in their apartment. What a guy. But one thing that I seen in person that always got my memory with a smile on my face is when he was showing all the kids in his age how to ride tricycles and little bicycles with training wheels. And there was a little girl that just thought Josh was the man. In fact, that's what I called him, was the little man. And she couldn't stay on the trike. And she kept falling over. And he felt sorry for her, apparently. He came over and helped her up after a fall and got her on the bike and gave her a push. And he said, way to go, and headed for his own bike. What he didn't stay around was to see that he gave her a push that caused her to fall head over heels again. But way to go, is what he said. A few years ago, I learned from one of my children that uh, an expression that was to become quite expressive among people today, and that was an expression of whatever. I don't think 
I used that when I was younger, but the one that I used was, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, you know, whatever you want to do, yeah, I don't care. But way to go, whatever, whenever, all those expressions are expressions that we use in our vocabularies today. But there is a thought that I wanted to share with you today that I feel like using that expression, way to go, what the Bible says about way to go, but that is finishing well. And reading from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, as the apostle wrote to the young man at that particular point in time of life, he said, I want you to understand that I am now ready to be offered. These are words from a minister by the name of the Apostle Paul, the figure of speech that is given to his name title was Paul of Tarsus. And he's in prison, and he's writing to this particular young fellow, and he says, I'm ready to be offered. And at the time that they're going to get my head, well, they didn't say it that way, but the King James Version says, for the time of my departure is at hand. He said, Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Way to go. Isn't that beautiful? I uh, think it's easy for us to think, say, or hear someone say, like the preacher just did, that here he is in prison, he's ready to lose his head, but he's writing to a young Christian minister in the faith as he's in the faith. They just wear different, they got different windows that they close at night. He said, my time is about ready. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. And I'm just ready to step out of this world. And then he expresses that a little bit. He said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Way to go. Meaning, finishing well. That's the way to go. I think about this verse, verses that we have shared here today, and not many of us relish the idea, if any, that want to be writing a letter, not even really receiving a letter from a prisoner such as we have read 
from Paul's hand to the eyes of Timothy. But if we were to write a letter, or if we were to receive a letter, could we receive or send a greater letter than that? Timothy, I've just about finished his life. We don't know where it is going to end as far as time goes, but, you know, these prison bars and these guards around me and Every once in a while, I see somebody's head up on the chopping block, and the axeman is coming down and separating that, a head from the body. It's the way that I'm going to have to go. But more importantly than the way that he was going to have to go was the way he went to get there to that point. Now, you you say you say, is that a recipe on how to get there? No, that's not the recipe on how to get to that point in life. He said he'd kept the faith. He had finished the course. And he said, not only that, I didn't work for that which one could have in this life, but rather there's a crown waiting for me at the end of this life. A crown of righteousness. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, in addition to way to go, let's look at whenever. That is one of those expressions that is often used by many of us at different times in this life. Instead of way to go, we say sometimes whenever. I think that one is good when uh, somebody is trying to give me some money and want to know whenever it's a good time. Whenever. That's all right. That works for me. As it is, as recorded in Hebrews chapter 9, as it is appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment, we do not know when ever is going to come. But we do know that that designation is out there. It is going to happen. What is going to happen? You're going to leave this world. And according to the way you have lived this life in this world, the judgment that follows at whatever point that is, we will be rewarded according to the works that we have done. So the whatever then comes into the picture as recorded in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. But in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, wait a minute, we were, let's go back to whenever. Uh, this hasn't happened. The end hasn't came yet. So maybe let's be careful how we get to the way to go 
and the crown of righteousness. This, let's study this whatever business. This again is the Apostle Paul. And he was talking about some of the things that took to get, to travel, to go through the whatever. Oh my. I didn't know a fellow like Lawrence Fisher would run over his wife with a truck and put her in a nursing home for a long time, but he finally got her out because he couldn't stand his own cooking. <laughs> I couldn't figure that my wife could actually go through the week that she has had with uh, discomfort, physical discomfort, and I sometimes couldn't get her awake. And uh, she's had a tough week, and this morning she woke up feeling like she was going to uh, climb the Mount Everest. Uh, amazing person. Whatever. Sister Beverly took a trip out to get to the mail from the mailbox and uh, ended up in the hospital. And many of you have similar stories that you could share or put me in remembrance of, as I've got a few of my own. However, whenever, whatever, Paul said, we're going to go to the end of this life, this way. He describes it a way to go, or we are describing it as a way to go. And so now I'm going to bring you back to his writing and to the church at Corinth as a Ex-President uh, Trump would say, uh, two Corinthians. I'll say it second Corinthians if that's okay with you. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. If you'll check your bulletin out, if you will check your bulletin out that on the first page, or maybe it's the second page, depending on if you call it the cover page, page one, it's on the inside, I call it page two of the bulletin. There is a list of people that help the staff efforts here at our church. And one of the lines has got the word minister on it. And then the explanation for ministers is all, all people, all of us. We're all ministers. So let's put that thought that's in the scripture, let's put it in perspective. We're talking, the word is talking to us all. Uh, that's a form of southern expression for you all, us all this morning, okay? But in all things approving ourselves as the Ministers of God. So, you wake up. Don't go to sleep. This letter is addressed to you as well. It's every one of us. And giving us a title, too, as ministers. See, the, the pastor just didn't do that for the bulletin's sake. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Does that say approving? Meaning being acceptable? Does that mean 
that we should be concerned about what God thinks about us? Way to go. Whatever. That's what the scripture is saying. Approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience. Okay, mothers. Okay, uh, you that have teenagers, you that is so aggravated with your husband because he won't empty the dishwasher. Is she looking? Anyway, such a simple thing. See, when I get back, honey, would you have the dishwasher empty? What if you forget? That, that, well, anyway, that, in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God, in much patience, thank you, darling, for being so patient, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. That doesn't mean going to the mall or some dress store and watching your wife and patiently, you exercising patience as she tries on this dress and that dress and this dress and so on. Uh, not the same word. Just in afflictions and necessities, the scripture is talking about the whatevers that we go through on the way to go. Now, there are some very trying times in life other than the ones I just mentioned about the dishwasher and the mall and so on. Verse 9 talks about them. In stripes, in imprisonments, in turmoils, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, whatever the apostle was talking about, the way to go is still through the Lord and Him the Lord Jesus Christ crucified. He's talking about the disciple Luke brought this account to us in the, in the 23rd chapter. He's talking about finishing strong. Way to go. That's what we want to do. Is to finish strong in this life. This in spite of all the difficulties that we have in this life and all these things that are there, uh, you know, the truck to run over somebody or the ditch to break somebody's hip or, or some type of difficulty like that, even worse, of course. And at the time, they don't feel worse for the individual, if I realize and recognize that. But whatever the things are in this life that you encounter, the way to go is still through the Lord Jesus Christ. And our desire is to finish strong in the Lord. And I want to show you two sets of scriptures about finishing strong. In Luke chapter 23, verse 12, I don't know if you, we ever say too much about this scripture when we talk about at Easter time, Good Friday period of time about how 
the Lord was put on trial, how he was crucified, those are the things that are paramount from that story. But in the 12th verse of the 23rd chapter is a story of a couple of people finishing up their duties in a very strong way. But a way to go, no. It's, it's a not. These two people were Pilate and Herod. You remember them. Great figures, significant figures in the trial and, and crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what they did and what we call finishing strong their lives or their careers. And the same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together. History says they couldn't stand each other until this moment of time, apparently. For they were at enmity. enmity. Let me get my tang on tangled on a space plane. And they were at enmity with each other, between themselves. Now, the, the scripture says this, concerning these two men. But they made friends. Now, those two scoundrels, you don't mind me being so hard on them, they plotted and caused our Lord Savior to be crucified. And they put aside all their differences and they became, they finished strong, by the way. They found a way to go. There is a way to go. The Bible teaches about that there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. We think about this. But let's go back to what Paul had to say, that that's not the way to finish. He declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, Watch you, stand fast in the faith, quit you. In other words, and quit you means to, same as, be like men, be strong. Way to go. Finishing strong, way to go. To me, one of the greatest stories in all of the New Testament comes from the book of Acts, chapter 7. We will only extract a few verses from that particular chapter, but this story concerns Stephen. A way to go. You don't want to have to go as he did, but you want to be able to go and see and experience what he did after the Lord took him out of this world. Finishing strong. I don't think there's a, I think there's a lot of great illustrations about finishing strong, but this is one of the great, in my opinion. Here was Stephen. He was in the hands of the enemy. He was up against the force of evil and a religious evil at that. And by the way, we have religious evils in this world, worldwide, today, that will do and do the same thing as recorded right here that I'm going to share with you. 
But Stephen was a man that was filled, full of, the King James Version says, of the Holy Ghost. This is what was happening. He was looking up steadfastly into heaven, and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now most what we hear uh, said by way of words and uh, maybe pictures and so on when we see the figures of the, the Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father, we see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. But the, the version here and, and the account here uh, is that he was standing on the right hand of God. There's a lot of difference in the way this is worded versus some places that it's worded otherwise. But this is what Stephen said as he looked up, as he had been ministering to the people around him and the religious leaders were so upset with what he was doing. But this is what Jesus said to that crowd that day. He said, I see the heavens open up. Way to go, by the way. This is a way to go. And the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice. That is the religious leaders, the enemies. They stopped up their ears. They didn't want to hear what he was having to say. And they came at him all at once. As the King James Version says in verse 57, they ran upon him with one accord. They took Stephen. They took him out of the city. They stoned him. Way to go, huh? And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. This is the man who was such a pawn of the Roman government at that time, and he was out killing all religious people that represented the Lord Jesus Christ, who had found a way to go, but they had also ran into this opposition. And when these witnesses, that was the people that was there to kill him, when they laid their clothes at the feet of Saul, what they was doing is this guy was coordinating all these things. They were taking off their cloaks or any type of clothes that hampered them from picking up the big stones, rocks, whatever, to throw and kill Stephen. They took him over to Saul and put him there. That's what that scripture is about. And then verse 59 goes on to say, and they stoned Stephen. They called upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, not they, but Stephen called upon God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And as he was dying, as he was leaving this world, he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, we're talking about way to go. Lay not this sin to their charge. Not strike them dead. Not annihilate them. Don't put frogs and lizards in their beds tonight. Don't take their children. 
But he said, in love and compassion, he said, don't lay this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he remembered the man that was standing at the right hand of God. He said, as he fell asleep. I think of this. I need a pair of my glasses, Bill, please. As he did this, I recall the words of us. Either one works. They're both 2.50. I'm looking for a set at CBS that's three pairs for 1050. This song was written many years ago by Hank Snow, and it is entitled, I See Jesus. This magnificent words about this magnificent man. He, this is what it said. Once a man named Stephen preached about the Lord. Folks were saved and folks were healed as they were heard his word. Satan did not like it because he had his crown. As the stones fell on him beating out his life, Stephen knew that soon he'd be through with all toil and strife. So much like a master with a heart so true, he prayed, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He had said, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus over in the promised land. I see Jesus waiting for me, way to go. Through the gates of glory, down the streets of gold, marched the hero of the Lord into heaven's fold. There he met the Savior in the great white throne. He smiled and said, Stephen, welcome home. Way to go. And the final course says, I see Jesus standing at the Father's right hand. I see Jesus over in the promised land. Work is over. Now I'm coming to thee. I see Jesus waiting for me. Way to go. Way to go. Yes, imprisonments, beatings, disappointments, death, accidents, diseases, and of course, the good times, the blessings and benefits that the Lord provides for us, for you and I. Way to go. We do not know the events that are going to happen to us in this lifetime. But we do know that whenever, whatever, however, whoever, there's a way to go. And that is true the Lord Jesus Christ. Wait to go. Congregation, stand.
as we come to the close of this service, we want you to know that if you have not found a way to go in your life, today would be the great time to find Jesus as he is the way to go. If you wish to come to this altar as I pray our closing prayer, I invite you to do so. If you do not wish to come to this altar for prayer, I just invite you to raise your hand for prayer as we want you to find and know the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless all the hands that have went up. Wonderful. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this assembling together in this service this morning. And Lord, even as time passes, and it is into the afternoon now, I thank you, Lord, that we can know the way to go. Lord, whatever is in a man or woman's heart today, that which is not right with you, I pray, God, that they will, Lord, accept you into their heart and seek for forgiveness. Lord, where strength is needed, we pray for strength. We pray for healing where healing is needed. Lord, we pray for deliverance where Satan has things bound in that individual's life. I pray, God, that this day that you will not only set free from sin, Lord, that you will not only free from oppression, not only, Lord, will you deliver the hope that is needed for the hands that have went up today. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a great cheer. Would you praise the Lord? Thank <laughs> you.